pendulous breasts. <laughs> so pendulous. Welcome to Super Duper Stitches, <laughs> the paranormal podcast about the strange and the science behind it. And I swear what I was just talking about was relevant to cryptozoology. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably cover the Patterson-Gimlin <laughs> footage at some point, and we'll probably talk about those yeah. those breasts I was mentioning. Those sweet breasts. <laughs> I'm Jake. I'm Wyatt. And we're so sorry. We're so sorry. Yeah, if you're a first-time listener, we'll do better. We promise. <laughs> Probably. And if you're a return Eventually. listener, get used to it, buddy. <laughs> um, all uh, right. So, yeah, that's that's how the show starts usually. Yep, yep. We stumble in mm-hmm. and then we stumble out. <laughs> See you next week. Uh, what? Um, so what's our theme for this week? Our theme for this week, I think we're playing off what we said last time, which is to talk about more spooky stuff in the woods. If you're a yeah. long-time listener, this will not be necessarily a new prompt insofar as... We've talked about a lot of spooky stuff in the forest, but um, there's two reasons we like it. One it is, is a, it's, it's kind of an ever giving cornucopia. Yeah, go for on. Sure, sorry. it's a primal fear for humans, just like the deep dark woods and the wilderness and being, you know, out of your element. And also, we both like going outside and being in the woods and Indeed. stuff. And so it's it's it hits closer to home for us as well. That is very true. One second, one second. We, yeah, we need beer. beer is important. We've usually we have two beers during the course of our two segments when we each talk. Instead, we are already most of the way done our second beer, and we just started recording. Yep, we got an early start today, oh, but none of it was stuff? recorded. Oh, it is. Oh, this is going to go well. And its percentage is 1,000? <laughs> we both went for the same joke, but in very different degrees of hyperbole. <laughs> I went too far. Um, <laughs> yep, this is going to be... Jake, do you want to talk about this beer? I don't like when we do this. No, we don't have to do no, that. No, I'm kidding. I was just... <laughs> I also do like when I shit on us doing this. This is a beer by Clown Shoes Brewing Company. Where are they based out of? I don't even know. I've had a few of those. I like the circus. Them. I think it's California. I don't know or care anymore. Oh, it's Vermont. No. Yeah. Clown Shoes. Boston, Mass, and Windsor, Vermont. All right. Not California at all. This is undead <laughs> it's party It's the California crasher. of the East Coast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in the sense that Vermont is one of the furthest west in New England, I guess. Yeah. Um, undead party crasher, American Imperial Stout. It's tasty. It's tasty. We like it because it's an Imperial Stout and it is undead. The end. So uh, I will kick off today, I think. Before you do. Oh, okay. Is there anything? Please. So we have a couple of things we want to talk about. One, um, we got a cool email from a cool guy. Oh, yes. You want to call that up? And while you're calling it up. I have an update I'd like to update us on. Lay um, it on us. I have plenty of updates on the Phantom of the Chicago, but instead, I'm going to hold off on those for now. All right. I'm going to branch out and try a normally Wyatt exclusive segment. Oh. That's right. I'm talking about our leaping and bounding friend from so long ago. <gasps> no way. Heel Jack. Oh, my gosh. No, I'll just leave it as that. I don't know. Uh, you first talked about this Victorian villain way back in episode 22, mm-hmm. uh, Getting Jacked. Uh, then, you pro- then you provided a handful of updates and sightings of him later on, including his eventual move to America. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, you assigned a series of parody president names to oh. each American iteration of Spring Heel Jack, I too. I've forgotten remember. about that. As it so happens, a friend of the show, Brendan. Just a week or so ago, mm-hmm. uh, supplied me with one of these names, which I can now handily put to use. I didn't think oh, we'd have a chance for a while. Oh my goodness! So this is just a lot of. Uh, he's been working through. Good luck. Our our segments. Yeah, he's all caught up now. All uh, right, lay it so on let me. me tell you about another. Uh, let me tell you about an encounter with President Donald Jump. <laughs> <laughs> Eyewitness Tanya says, "Quote: My sensible grandmother saw a version of Springheel Jack in her yard." On April 7th, 2005, there had been a big storm that knocked the power out on their side of the street, and she happened to look out her living room window to see a man all in black with a black ball cap pulled low over his eyes, bouncing like a ball. What? She said that this man slash thing never stopped bouncing like a kangaroo, and he leapt over her front gate and kept bouncing towards the cemetery. What? As I said, my grandmother was a no-nonsense type of woman, and this spooked her. A ball cap? Is that did Wearing I a ball script? cap, yeah. Okay. We've gone from like just, you know, hood or just nothing at all on his head to, you know, kind of what a helmet sort of look. I wonder what team times. he was representing. Hard to say. Um, 
A few minutes after this, my mother, brother, and grandmother saw a ball of yellow light in the kitchen, and there was no way for that to happen because there was no power, and they had not lit any candles. What? My grandfather did not see the light at all, and he was sitting there with them. Hmm. The end. Well, that is quite a tale. <laughs> Holy shit. Sure is. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, she's had some weird hopping Whereabouts guy. in the world was this? Oh, I have no fucking idea. I think that's I think <laughs> that's all the information right there. I think it's in the U.S., and that's as far as I know. Fair enough. Well, Donald Jump. <laughs> Very good. Actually, um, this is un- unexpectedly apropos, given what you're about to talk about. Oh, yes, indeed it is. Um, um, which is, I guess, kind of giving away part of the... Oh, it, well, whatever. <laughs> so here is an email from another, um, I guess, fan of the show. A a real organic listener out there, which we didn't know anyone we didn't personally know listened to the show. Yeah. <laughs> I only sent links to this show to my mom, so I don't know how <laughs> anyone else has found out about it. Um, but yeah, uh, so thank you, Dave. And Dave has brought our attention to another cryptid that we have overlooked. He describes it as uh, about six feet tall with a large round belly, loose orange skin, and impossibly small hands. Uh, fairly human-like in stature, although it looks like a creature wearing a skin suit. Did you happen to say where in the in the world this was? Uh, this is in Maryland, I Maryland. believe. Maryland, okay, cool, cool. Um, so they'd see him in that area. Uh, it describes it uh, kind of like that guy in Men in Black, so I think uh, we're Edgar, referring to Edgar, Edgar suit, exactly. Yeah. Fairly modest, covers itself with clothing, so unfortunately Dave can't confirm or deny the presence of genitalia. I'm glad he took a look at least. I'm also shocked, Dave, that's A very gross. important thing, if you ever see any kind of unknown creature, you need to look first and foremost for parts. How much heat are they packing? Um, <laughs> they would often see it grabbing cats off the streets and running off into the woods back to its camp. And they would watch it uh, from a distance often. Uh, he's not sure if it ever noticed them as they it, it appeared uh, to be of pretty low intelligence and awareness. Um, so, I don't know. It sounds kind of like some sort of uh, ogre beast, type sort of, of yeah. an ogre. He says it builds unnecessary walls around its camp and whenever it's challenged by other animals, it tends to let off a series of loud and pointless noises. He says that he could only describe it as tweets. Mm. So, I don't know. It sounds maybe like a bird now, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so, a large orange bird. Sort of sounds like if Snuffleupagus and Big Bird had a <laughs> gross baby. Um, the forbidden love. The forbidden love. <laughs> Everyone wanted it to happen. <laughs> it was um, the, the biggest will they, won't they <laughs> of all of television. Forget Rachel and Ross. <laughs> Snuffleupagus and Big Bird. <laughs> Uh, you saw the way they looked at each other. It seems to be afraid of the color brown as well, which is pretty interesting. Mm. Um, he says he's only seen its offspring a number of times, but when he has, it seems that this creature seems to want to breed with them, which is pretty Ooh. creepy too. Yeah. I guess after November, or sometime in November 2016, um, this thing stopped appearing periodically and now is just seen much more often hell-bent on destruction of everything around it. So I guess it's on a rampage. Mm. Uh, newspapers started reporting its endless series of odd behaviors. It's no longer charming or comical. It has been impacting the locals' quality of life, basically. Uh, he's not sure why it decided to step out and mess with everyone's lives. Um, it may have been due to some sort of severe head trauma that sort of knocked it out of its usual pattern. Mm. He says that locals in Maryland figure it will go away in about four years, which seems like a pretty specific number. Uh, he hopes they're right. They never really gave it a name in his town other than the creature. Um, so he's giving it the name of the MAGA beast. Okay. So anyway, thank you for that tip, Dave. Yeah, um, be on the lookout for the MAGA beast. It sounds pretty... Uh pretty awful pretty gross or yeah. like it could be the greatest one of the greatest beasts we got some pretty great beasts out there it's a pretty it's a, a good beast a good a very solid it's a beast. pretty tremendous beast yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thank you dave <laughs> he finishes with uh anyway i thought you guys would enjoy the story of my hometown cryptid i really love the podcast thanks for being awesome thank you david thank you very much that was um, absolutely fantastic. Yes, we really, really enjoyed your email, and um, hopefully, everyone else will now know to keep their eyes out and you know keep look the, out for the maga bats at the ready for the maga yes. beast. <laughs> yeah, this, so we've been hounding everyone to email us for every episode now. I think, um, and now <laughs> it just happens to work out that the only time we've gotten emails from people 
uh, has been the time when we've both been the busiest we've ever been. We are so busy. So we're sorry for the three of you, Colin, Brandon, and now David, who have emailed us and we have not yet responded to. We're going to do it. Exactly. Um, we figured we'd just at least say Give you something. shout outs on the yeah. show, which is worth more. Yeah, yeah. You now, should. Now everyone, you should be thinking. We want. We expect another email now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank us. No, 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 no. no. Then we don't. have to respond to that too. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't email us yet. <laughs> but everyone else, please everyone email else us. Email us <laughs> and give us a while to respond. No, but seriously, thank you guys. Yes. And uh, yeah, without further ado, shall I jump right Go in? Go for it. So all of my stories today come from survivalistboards.com. This already sounds great. Which I hope survivalists are anything like bodybuilders. Yes, uh, at least one of them, maybe. Excellent. I hope um, it's the same guy. <laughs> that would be quite amazing um i before we even get into the stories i want to say that this uh forum includes the most upsetting confirm that you are human before posting text um oh, i've ever no. seen which is this soft kitty warm kitty it looks so it's in red text <laughs> you know how they distort the text so it's not quite as readable as a computer might be able to pull off it is so horror movie awful that's terrible soft kitty warm kitty <laughs> uh we can put an image of this up uh, yeah associated yeah, with get, it yeah for um, sure so i've added my own titles that should be the episode thumbnail that's what i was hoping <laughs> yes all right perhaps it could also be the title of the episode <laughs> soft kitty warm kitty. everything with this episode will be a non-sequitur as a result just canonical weird jokes i'm into it um so i've added my own titles because these folks obviously are just posting about strange experiences experiences they've had in the woods hmm? um i have three stories two are spooky one we'll just have to see <laughs> okay so the first is from get your shells uh who joined in april of 2009 and get your shells get your shells you get your shells what shell oh i'm ready <laughs> i've got my mac and i've got my cheese oh. Yes, I know. My name is Wine Shell. Uh, he posted a story about a month Listen, later. It's, it's funny because Wine's last name is Shell. <laughs> Damn it. Something on the hill. When I was a boy, my parents used to take me and my older sister to visit our relatives in eastern Kentucky, right around Letcher County. The closest, the closest city is Whitesburg. My uncle, who taught me everything I know about the outdoors, lived in a cabin nestled in a hollow way back up in the mountains. His place was at the base of a big strip mine seam up along the mountainside. During these visits, he and I would sometimes sit out on his back porch at night and play recordings of predator calls to try and draw large animals down from the hills. Mm. Well, one night, he and I were out there using one of his tapes. We had been out there for a good two hours, and after having seen nothing, uh, were thinking of calling it at night. We were about to pack everything up when he realized his squirrel feeder was empty. He then decided in the moment to go fill it uh, back up with seed before turning in. Can't have hungry squirrels. No, especially not at night. <laughs> <laughs> the feeder bordered the tree line about 50 yards away from his cabin and up the hill towards the mountain. He had walked up the hillside about 25 yards when my aunt came out to see why we were still outside. That night was pretty dark, and only the only real light was what was being cast off from the porch. He was about 35 yards up the hill, and he called back and said he forgot his flashlight. So my aunt went back inside and got one of his spotlights. We hadn't turned off the tape of Predator Calls, so I reached down to the tape player to turn it off. That's when I noticed my aunt was as stiff as a board. She was planking <laughs> on the edge of the porch. <laughs> I hit the off button and looked, at her, and looked up at her. I can't get the image of her down on the porch <laughs> just face down <laughs> staring out into the distance great, great physical humor for the podcast there what <laughs> thanks i always do that um so yeah i hit the off button and looked up at her and she had the spotlight shining straight up to the squirrel feeder my uncle was about to, uh, was about ready to fill i heard her call out it's coming to you jim my uncle turned back and back goes, to you jim <laughs> <laughs> my uncle turned back and goes huh then a little louder, she goes, It's coming straight towards you, Jim. That's when I looked up and saw a set of eye shines closing in from about 15 feet away from where my uncle was standing. Mm. Whatever it was, it was massive. The eyes were easily four to five feet off the ground. Four to five feet I know. in diameter. Yeah. <laughs> 
Also, also, whatever that creature was, completely and totally got the drop on my uncle, who was pretty much, uh, who has pretty much spent his whole life in the woods studying and tracking predators. Well, he was turned around looking at us with his back to the woods, so we told him to freeze. We all just kind of stood there for about three minutes, which seemed like a lifetime. It was dead silent, no crickets, no sounds of the night. It was the most eerie and creepy three minutes of my life. The eyes just sat there at the tree line, staring at us all, with us staring right back at it. The brush at the tree line was thick, so we could not see what shape it was, just the eyes and where they were in relation to the ground. After those three minutes, my uncle slowly turned around to try to glimpse whatever was watching about 15 feet away from him. With our spotlight on it, just as he was about to fully uh, turn to look directly at it, the creature split. For Hmm. the next 15 minutes, we could hear limbs cracking and snapping all the way up the side of the mountain as this animal decided to retreat. The experience scared the shit out of me. My uncle, literally, (laughs) just gross. Uh, My uncle beeped himself. (laughs) They used four asterisks, which I will just have to insert whatever swear I want, which is my uncle fucked himself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, wait, so he said, scared the shit out of us, and then he blanked out the other part? I may have, during my editing, automatically filled that bit in. Oh, okay, sorry. But the other part was was moderated out as a swear. I was confused why he would say it once, but then not say it again. That makes more sense. um, But yeah, anytime I see, I should have said that at the top, anytime I see four asterisks, I will just assume whatever story I want. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that was what scared me the most about the whole experience was that he was so scared. He was shaking, and I had never seen him like that. The other thing that scared us both is that we had been sitting out there all night listening intently and watching that tree line like, hawk, like hawks. I can't talk tonight for some reason. Welcome to my world. <laughs> I tell you, whatever animal or creature it was did not make a single sound coming down the side of that mountain. It, it never made a sound until it took off. I didn't sleep that night, and neither did my uncle or aunt. Damn. Um, the next one is by Buffy. Before uh, you get on the next one, yes. I was thinking it's, it's a cool, creepy story. I mean, eye shine is such a fun thing to encounter in the woods. Right. I may have told this once before on the podcast. Back when I lived in Missouri, actually, it was before I even moved there. I was just there for an internship in the summertime. And I was, um, felt like having like a night to myself for the weekend. So I put on a headlamp and went hiking out on a community trail like, at like 9 p.m. or later. I don't be out there for hours and hours. I like, walked like 12 miles. Right. Wow. And a couple of different times I saw different eye shines in the woods on either side of me. So at one Ooh. point I saw a deer. Mm-hmm. That's the night that I learned that spiders have an eye shine. Yep. Which I didn't know. They do indeed. We've talked about the idea of a tapetum lucidum is mm-hmm. the name of the membrane mm-hmm. in certain animals that actually result in an eye shine. Uh, humans lack that it was a cool time but there was at one one point i got to a swampy area off the trail and i saw something on there's a little area of water like in the swampiness and then on the far side that my headlamp couldn't quite illuminate mm-hmm. i could see two eyes pacing back and forth looking at me like they walk back and forth stop and look at me for a while and pace some more and stop Ooh. and look at me for a while and it was just far enough away that I could only see the eyes and not see whatever it was. Right. And it was, oh, I was so tantalizing because I wanted to know what it was. <laughs> and it was, I don't think it was that far away. Sure. And based on the smoothness of its movements, I think it was probably just like a house cat that was out or, or some kind of feline like that. Right. Um, and then later on seeing uh, way up ahead of me at my eye level, seeing a reflection. Oh, wow. And being like very fixed on that. It was right where I was going, right in the path, right where I was headed. Wow. And just fixing my eyes on that and walking straight towards like, what is that? I got to find out what it is. Uh-huh. Which even at the time, I had a Leatherman on me. So I kind of had my hand on that thing. <laughs> okay, I'll pull this out if I need to. Even though I would I'm have to like, open it up. I'm going to use every one of these 12 tools on it. this yeah. thing. <laughs> as far as having, it's not like quite a knife. It's I have to get to the knife before it'd be useful, mm-hmm. but. I don't recall if I actually took it out or not. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did. Mm-hmm. But I was just thinking, well, it's there if I need it, right? Yeah. Um, but mostly just, I wasn't really thinking about self-preservation. I was th- I was mostly thinking about how I wasn't thinking about self-preservation. You know what killed the cat, Jake? Do you know the full part of that proverb? Curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back. Ooh. Did you know that, Wyatt? Did you know that, listeners? We cut out that part of the proverb for some reason because it's, uh, I don't know, that's, that's like the most important part of it that's pretty nice um similarly uh the um blood is thicker than water is actually has the opposite meaning it's supposed to Hmm. Uh, it's actually the blood of the battlefield is thicker than the water of the womb 
Ooh. So friends, like comrades in arms, are actually closer bonds than siblings or whatever. Interesting. So it's the opposite of what we always say. Welcome to our new podcast. <laughs> yeah, where we talk about idioms and uh, proverbs. <laughs> um, so anyway, I kept walking, wanting to know what this thing was, knowing it's tall enough that it could be a danger to me. Mm-hmm. It was a reflective sign on the, uh, <laughs> like a little kind of like marker thing, mm-hmm. but um, but it's still pretty exciting. That's when I decided, so you know what? Being a scientist, like at heart, I've I've been a scientist since I was like six. I always mm-hmm. knew this was the destiny for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're going to be the most well suited to survive in a lot of scenarios <laughs> because because of that curiosity mm-hmm. factor. Yeah, thinking about the idea of seeing something in the woods just behind you like that with an eye shine that you can't quite see. Yeah, I, I am a curious idiot, which is something that will come up in my segment. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I can dig it though. I mean I I think I probably fall a little more on the side of uh terror and self-preservation in those moments <laughs> that's good particularly that's- if you're detecting that the thing near you is so very large and i try to put myself in the shoes of this uncle who has if we believe the story as though it were absolutely true which many of these other accounts on the site that's part of the why i enjoy these stories too is so many of the other accounts are very not out of the ordinary they're right. like you know oh i was stalked by a large cat which is freaky but like but very not, real yeah. So when they get to these little more supernatural or paranormal type of moments, it's a little creepier than oh, like yeah. things that you find on like oh cryptidpost.com or yeah. whatever. Not a real site. Um or if it is, it probably it is. It might be. Anyhow, uh this next one calling Lone Pine. This happened years ago in a place called Lone Pine <laughs> in California. <laughs> wait, why wait. Is that what you called this one Lone Pine? No. Okay. Yes. Um I was with my family at a friend's cabin. One day I was climbing around near the cabin and, at some point, turned and sat on a large rock and looked down the nearby road. I could see a man... They cut right to the chase on this one. They, I could see a man coming up the road and I started to get an uneasy feeling. Like the man was haunted. <laughs> like the man was a ghost. <laughs> I decided to watch this person and see what he did. Shortly, he looked up towards me and then slightly off to my left and then back to watching me. Oh. So he's still a ways off, and yet this creepy feeling is getting more intense. And he stops and looks up again at me, and he starts running up the road, and then I can see it's my younger brother. So I don't know why this voice in my head is screaming, Danger! After he's run a stretch... After he's run a stretch, he drops to one knee and fires his rifle at me. I flipped over back... It hit me square between the eyes. I flipped over backwards and started crawling in the dirt. He fired a few more shots, and I crawled out of the rocks and ran to the cabin. So my brother comes running up, and he's asking, Are you all right? No, you shot at me, you asshole. That's exactly it. Oh, great, okay. <laughs> Only because you missed me, asshole. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I even nailed the actual insult. Wow. Then he says, I was shooting at the monster behind you. I don't know what it was, but it moved around the rocks toward you, and I only saw part of it. It got to the rock above you and started reaching. It was huge, and I knew you couldn't hear me shouting at you to run. Oh, that's so creepy. So that's that story. Oh, I like it. Spooky. Oh, that's fine. It's like the urban legend thing with the um, person in someone's back seat. Like the truck oh, is yeah. and flashing their lights, and they keep looking back, and like, why is this person chasing me? And they're getting so scared. It turns out there was someone in their back seat with like an axe or something, and every time the person saw it, they started flashing their lights. and To try to like warn them? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So there you go. That one's creepy. And then finally, we have DLG MG USMC. <laughs> Joined in May 2009, posted that same month. The title of this is Sorry, This Is So Long. The <laughs> <laughs> title of our podcast. Yeah. Not just the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, without further ado, I agree with the guy earlier that said a sleeping dog puts you at ease fast. I have two dogs, a bull terrier who never barks or gets wound up for no reason, and a pit bull, bull mastiff mix. She is very protective, and I have to watch her constantly around my friends. If they try to hand me something or shake my hand and she doesn't know them, she will try to bite them or get between the two of yous. That's the first sentence. So I will read this verbatim. No capitals the whole way through. Now to the story or two stories that make me love my dogs and take them everywhere. Most recent one is in my house. In the middle of the night, the dogs got up and went nuts. The pit will gets up growl at the slightest noise, but what got me up and made me grab my 357 mag with hydro shocks was the bull terrier was on point, hair up and barked twice, and the pit was going crazy, not her normal growl. Oh boy. 
So I get up, mind you, this all happens somewhat instantaneously. <laughs> At the same time, I thought I heard a weird noise. I, because of my job and my lifestyle, am not afraid of people, especially when I am armed. And when you come to my house and my family, I become fucked. <laughs> my foot's cramping from straining to read. Okay. <laughs> I did have the hair on point, but I was in protect my wife mode. So I go outside and see a dark figure running. I cursed at him, her, and said next time they won't be getting away. I found out later there was two other Robbies in my road that week. Sorry, this is so long. <laughs> next one was a year earlier. <laughs> I beg your pardon? I was camping in a remote part of a national forest in North Carolina. It was late, and I found a small hiding pond. They call it a lake in North Carolina, but where I'm from, it's a big <laughs> pond. So I decided to make camp for the night and to do some night fishing. I don't carry a watch with me when camping or my cell phone. I like the privacy and, and the sense of being alone. I do, however, carry my tomahawk that I can throw quiet well, <laughs> my Bowie nice, and my two sidearms, 12-gauge and my 44 mag. The 357 isn't big enough for the woods because it has a 2.5-inch barrel. So sometime in the night, I just get the danger feeling, and at the same time, my two sleeping dogs, the pit-slash-bull Mastiff and Bull Terrier, <laughs> just jump up and go into a frenzy I have never seen before, and I was scared because I could feel and see the fear in my dog's eyes. I've never seen them scared like this before, so I'm about to fuck myself because I'm in a very bad spot to defend myself and have no idea what is out there. Sorry, I'm, I'm just not remembering your rule of replacing four asterisks, asterisks with the word fuck. A few things started to make more sense now. Okay, continue. I have my shotty loaded with butch shot and grab it. Now the dogs are getting closer to me and more violent in their barks and movements. So I shoulder my 12 and grab for my sure fire. I turn it on and about four feet in front of my dogs is a bear. I wanted to shoot it, but I was hoping that it would run away. Now for bear size, it was small, but they aren't big in North Carolina, but it made my dog look small. About the time I decide to shoot my pit attack, the bear and the bull terrier joined in to help. It was bad, and the bear threw slash claw slash slaped the pit loose, and I was afraid of shooting my bull terrier to shoot. Then the bear flung him off, but about that time the pit came back. To make a long story shorter, this happened several times before I could shoot the bear several times with the buckshot to bring it down. I had to carry both my dogs to the truck and rush them to the vet. I don't know if the bear would have attacked if the dogs would have never attacked, but I do know they kept the bear off me and would have died to save me, and I will never, ever go anywhere without my dogs after that day. After seeing that, I feel safer when my wife is home alone with the dogs than with a gun. Whew. That's all I have. <laughs> that was pretty great. It was. I reminded that um, in terms of dogs' interactions with bears... Um, Sharpays, you know the Sharpay breed, hmm. the very wrinkly. You'll recognize oh it. yeah, I think like, I do. An absurd amount of skin. Yes, <laughs> uh, they were bred for bear hunting. Oh, the reason being that if they are fighting with a bear and the bear bites them or grabs them in some way, they have yep. enough skin that they can still oh. turn around and bite the bear back without being like held in place. That's intense. <laughs> it's really weird and kind of amazing. It is. It's kind of crazy to me that people would have been hunting bears recreationally for long enough that they could breed a dog specifically designed for that yeah well same with dachshund that means badger hound oh. they're bred to run into a badger um, burrow and grab the badger and pull it out my god so yeah humans are weird we're crafty but and yeah. strange but those are some spooky wood stories mr shell so there you go yeah that's what i got for you today I like them um you comfortable getting there for folks at home i am we're we're sitting on a unfolded futon today for this record i'm gonna take a picture right now of what my view is there we go this is how professionals do it i think my turn uh, yeah 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 
There you go. I don't know if this will help or hurt our case. <laughs> take photo, damn you. Know. All right. <laughs> there. Take fo- computer, take photo. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, Let's cut all that out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's cut out everything we've recorded so far. Yeah. Start Welcome fresh. to Super Duper Stitches. Yes. Um, oh, God. So the story I am covering <laughs> this week was posted in the Humanoid Encounters subreddit, which is a favorite haunt of mine, of course, uh, on February 10th of this year. So just a couple weeks ago. Ooh. Uh, it was posted by user Hermes Valentine's North. Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes. Hermes North? <laughs> yes. Uh, first on the Cryptid Encounters, uh, Cryptid Encounters subreddit, and since that one doesn't get a lot of traffic in general, someone suggested she in- instead try the Humanoid Encounters one, which is, yeah, a lot more people there and stuff, so it makes sense. Here is her tale cool quote last monday i went on a walk into the woods i usually go all the time whether it's spring or winter a bit of information i live near lake ontario there's a lot of state land and forests and they go on for miles i can't remember what the actual town is exactly but it's somewhere in upstate new york i live in the middle of nowhere so i can walk into the woods and keep walking for hours because i go on walks jogs and play soccer i'd say i'm fairly athletic i'm an 18 year old girl i'm not very tall and i don't weigh much so i'm a pretty fast runner too that's important Bragging. No, why? That's important later, she said. <laughs> uh, sometimes it can get really creepy out there in the woods. You feel watched and really tense. My mom and grandparents, they live right down the road, always told me that if I start to feel unsafe out there, I always need to leave. They never said why. I always figured they were afraid of the koi dogs. It never seemed that important. I did listen to them, though. I always went back home. So Monday afternoon, maybe a bit past four o'clock, I left to go walking. I had been out there just two days before with no problems, but after walking for about a half mile, there was that feeling that I was being watched. I was unsettled, but I stupidly thought to myself, you're 18 years old, you have a 7-inch knife on your belt, and the house really isn't that far away. What are you so afraid of? It was stupid. I should have gone home. Anyways, I kept walking, maybe a quarter mile, until I came to the old logging road. It makes for a quick way around the woods. It also connects to the road that my, ho- that my house... It also connects In the to the road... In the middle of the that- street. Yes. <laughs> and my grandparents' house are on. Uh, I was getting pretty tired of hiking through the snow-covered bushes and logs. I kept falling through it and it was making me feel a bit too vulnerable to be openly struggling when I still felt like something was watching me. Just a few moments before, I could have sworn I saw something moving around in my peripheral vision. So I decided to walk down the logging road instead. As I was walking down it, I heard the sound of chains rattling nearby and started looking around for them, thinking maybe it was just chains in a tree blowing in the wind uncommon for hunters and ATVers to leave chains, ropes, and random garbage along the path. Still, I couldn't find any chains, and I stopped hearing it after a second. I shrugged it off, but just a, a few minutes later, I heard them again. It was weird, but I ignored it again. I kept walking and was getting close to my grandparents' land when I heard the chains again. I stopped walking to look around me and check to see if maybe it was something I was wearing, my jacket, my necklace. It wasn't anything on me. I jumped around to double check and probably looked really stupid, but I knew it wasn't me making the noise. I decided I'd just go to my grandparents' house and walk back using the actual road, but as soon as I started heading into the woods, I heard something. It sounded like my footsteps had been in time with a second pair that were maybe ten feet away, which made no sense because there had been nothing there just a moment ago. Oh boy. I took another step and heard something step at the same time from behind me. I didn't turn around. I was too afraid to. Probably a good thing I didn't. So I acted as if I were going to take a step forward, but stopped my foot just above the snow. I wanted to make sure I wasn't going crazy. Behind me, whatever there was there, stepped down. I heard the snow crunch. Oh, boy. Then it moved forward again quickly. It must have known I figured out it was there. I started running towards my grandparents' land, and whatever was behind me followed. It sounded humanish, and um, and the sound of the chain started up again when it started chasing me. The thing definitely had only two legs, and it sounded pretty big. Wow. There's a lot of thorn bushes, small trees, and the things that stay around all year, even in the winter. While I ran around between them as best I could, it was going right through them. I glanced behind me for a second, and all I saw was a really tall, gray humanoid blur before I looked back in front of me. Timing wasn't on my side, like I said. It was late, the after- um, late in the afternoon, and the sun was getting low, so it was getting a little dark under the trees. I was running through the thorn bushes at this point because I knew it was getting too close to me, and there was just too many thorns to try going around them all. I was slowed down by them by um, a bit. I was sure it was going to catch me, but it never did. I'm not sure if maybe it just didn't care to for some reason. Maybe it was trying to scare me away, or I was still going fast enough that it couldn't catch me. I burst through the final line of bushes and out into the cleared-up edge of my grandparents' yard, then up the hill and into the house. That final stretch was terrifying. 
I could hear heavy breathing and chains rattling just a few feet behind me the entire time, and it sounded like it was almost growling. My grandparents' dog, a very big Malamute Mastiff mix. Another Mastiff mix. They're big dogs. (laughs) They're Mastiff. What's that? They said they're Mastiff. (laughs) Uh, Was up in the yard near the house and started barking, but he didn't run towards me. He just stayed by the house barking. Then he ran with me to the house when I got close to him. I ran up the door and went inside. Uh, The dog came in right beside me, don't worry, and slammed the door shut. I didn't hear anything and looked out the window, but there wasn't anything there. The dog was leaning on me and shaking. I was too, so I understood how he felt. We were both really scared by that thing. My grandfather came hmm. to the door from upstairs after just a few seconds, and I started crying and told him everything after I had calmed down and could breathe again. He became very serious and told me, don't think about it, just forget it ever happened. What? I tried to ask him why, but he refused to tell me anything. He just insisted that I forget immediately and keep it out of my mind, but I can't forget. I tried to ask my grandmother too, but she didn't say anything and changed the subject. My dad thinks it was a bear. I know it wasn't. For one thing, you can't outrun bears. My mom acted the same way as my grandparents. They're her parents. They refused to answer any of my questions, so I told a close friend about it the other day. She didn't know what it was either, but told me that I might find similar stories here on Reddit. Another person here told me I might have better luck on this subreddit. So, does anyone know what this thing was? Why were there chains? Why is it that the dog didn't defend me? Can anyone explain what it was? Is there any way to get rid of it or keep it away from me? Hmm. So we got ourselves some cowman level forest spookiness going on here. Yeah, somewhat. But with some ghoulish spice for good measure. <laughs> the weird rattling chains and stuff. The chains are, yeah. Really strange. Very strange I've been, addition. I've been puzzling over this for the last couple of days trying to figure out what that could possibly be. Like It makes me feel like a scabbing from Silent Hill kind of stuff. Hmm. A little bit. Interesting. Um, I like had a weird like kind of triangular like uh like like icosahedron sort of head (laughs) yeah tetrahedron yes um but yeah before you get all sasquatch happy with any of these descriptions Mm -hmm. um she had this to say in response to a commenter who thought that that might be the case it was gray and tall maybe a bit more than seven feet but i don't think it was a sasquatch it seemed too human when i looked back and i don't think it had any fur i only saw a quick glimpse though i wasn't too much of a rush to get away Okay. Uh, but then in response to another um, question about its appearance, see, I would then go, oh, it's some kind of ghoulish thing that I like. Um, <laughs> right. She said, uh, it didn't seem furry. No. So far, the best um, the best batches I've got are Wendigos, and I really dislike that. I'd rather deal with pretty much anything else. Hearing so much about them today, I've decided they're the worst case scenario. The chains are a really confusing bit, but yes, it was definitely intelligent. I unfortunately have no idea where I could find anyone around here who would talk to me about it. Keeping an eye out uh, for helpful information about the area. So as far hmm. as then I was thinking, okay, something ghoulish as far as saying Wendigo or whatever. But she then said, she described it as being not skinny. But she admitted that she didn't get a very good look at it, hmm. very long look at it anyway. So it doesn't seem like it's as emaciated as descriptions of crawlers and things like that tend to be. Right. So everyone's like, oh, it's a skinwalker. Oh, it's a rake. Oh, it's. I mean, at that, this point, we decided that the rake isn't a real thing, but it's used to describe what I think that kind of the consensus term now is a crawler. They're not always four-legged. It's, I don't know, just weird. And, and Fleshgate oh. is up there with that, too. <laughs> Fleshgate. Which is just the Not to be stupidest. confused with flesh-like being. Oh, yes. That's right. But she's making it sound like it's a little bit more substantial than those more waifish things are. But <laughs> but in terms of... Uh, everyone was saying, like, wondering if it could be a Wendigo and saying that. So she's looking up things about Wendigos and she's coming to the conclusion that that's the closest match she can find, huh. which is creepy. That's creepy. Um, yeah. I have a bonus story that I told you about off mic earlier today. Oh, I'm not done, Mr. Shell. I know. I know you're okay. not. I just, speaking of when to go stuff, that's okay. all. Cool. Okay. Go on. I'll keep that in mind then. Um, yeah, my next bullet is, but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Update one. Two of my friends confirmed that they're not busy Wednesday afternoon and are willing to help me search for any physical evidence. Looks like some pre-Valentine's monster hunting is in order. Also, until it's identified as something... I'm calling it Glitter Sprinkles. It's a non-threatening name, so I'm going with it. So I think we should induct Hermes North as a member of the official Super Duperstitious Junior Fortean Research Squad. <laughs> I also think we should create an official Super Duperstitious Junior Fortean Research Squad. I dig it. Uh, uh, my first question for her is, why didn't she pressure her grandparents more, or her mom? They seem to have the spook out kind of oh i know something about this but i can't tell you well she made it sound like she had like you know press them for information They're like no just just forget about it and that was kind of 
and she's like, well, fuck this. This is again, this was on a Sunday evening. So, um, she's like, well, okay, if they're not going to help me, then reach out to her friends. Again, she's 18. Sure. So I found out that, yeah, her, her friends would maybe help her out. This was last Wednesday. So, oh my, um, update two. Unfortunately, a snowstorm that was supposed to miss us hit and just started to calm down a few hours ago. We're forced to reschedule our search in the woods for next week. The next time we see my friends, uh, next time my friends have a day off from work slash school at the same time is next Tuesday. So we'll see how it goes. I'm totally bummed about this, though. I'm starting to get really excited to search for evidence. Sorry to those who have been waiting. Uh, to recap, this original post was on Sunday, February 10th. The day she wanted to go out and investigate with friends was Wednesday, February 13th, but she had to reschedule to Tuesday, February 19th. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, so I was a little bit off. The rescheduled date was exactly one week ago today as we we're recording. Oh, wow. I know this comes out on Thursday of the week, but yes, we're, today's Tuesday. So it was Spoiler. last week. Yeah, but, yeah. cool. Um, update three. I'm not quite sure how to explain Tuesday, everyone. We went out there at about the same time I did last uh, the last time, brought our phones to take pictures, hunting knives if we got into trouble. We all stayed together, and I took my friends to where I had heard the steps and in the direction I ran. Despite the snowstorm a few days ago, under some of the trees were still some of my footprints, but no others. Hmm. We all felt uneasy out there, and nothing we did could lighten the mood. My friends all claimed to be seeing things in their peripheral vision, and I did a few times, mostly just fast blurs darting by, though I thought I saw something watching us from behind a small hill. It was very likely that paranoia was getting to me. Right. It sounds like they probably primed the shit out of themselves. Yeah. We've talked a couple times about how sensitive our peripheral vision is, and of course, priming is a big thing. So how susceptible you can get to stuff like that as a result. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's cool that Hermes North, as the executive director of the Super Duper Sitches Junior Fortean Research Squad, <laughs> was aware of that fact in the moment. Uh, in the end, though, we all found um, all we found out there were coyote tracks and deer tracks. But nothing that seemed at all like anything out of the ordinary. If you really want, I'll post some pictures of the tracks we found, but they're completely normal for the area, and I see them very often. I took pictures of them just in case, but there was honestly nothing interesting besides the glimpses of things in our peripheral vision right. and the feeling that we were being watched. I checked, and I don't think she actually posted any photos of that sort, but it sounded like there was nothing really to see anyway. Sure. Quote, we even searched for chains or metal of any kind, but there wasn't anything that could have made the rattling metal sound. I convinced them to come back soon, and I'm still working on getting information from my family. But something tells me I'll have to go out there in a smaller group next time. A couple of my friends brought other friends, so there were more of us out there than I'd have liked. There were eight of us when there were only going to be a three or four. So... No news quite yet at that point, but this was happening within hours of our recording last week's episode at this point. That's kind of cool. I find it kind of exciting. Yeah. Like, I love stuff that's actively unfolding. Absolutely. But not as much as I love this next update, Hey-o. which comes from Wednesday, February 20th. Update four. This is the stupidest thing I've ever done, but I'm out here alone right now. If I don't update again by 7 to 8 p.m. today, Wednesday, then I've been eaten. Tell Glitter Sprinkles fuck you for me. <laughs> cute so she also posted in the comments at the same time that she was just sitting out there i'm probably gonna die not gonna lie i'm back on the good old logging road alone (laughs) sitting on a rock in the open with my back to a bunch of pine trees because i'm stupid and curious and stubborn and prideful and i'm proving a point to my grandparents my mom and yeah gonna die to prove a point but if i live i bet you they'll tell me everything to stop me from trying this again literally was just screaming for glitter sprinkles to come out and play about two minutes ago (laughs) Definitely following some of the best horror movie tropes here with this stuff, <laughs> and consciously so at that. Um, and with that, Hermes North was never heard from again. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> her phone was found a few days later. Here is the footage. No, she um, she posted it the, <laughs> the next day. Um, update five. Okay, so I am very stupid. Alive? Yeah. Intelligent? No, not at all. I was out there on the logging road yesterday afternoon alone. I don't know what the fuck happened. I was alert and waiting very patiently after having yelled glitter sprinkles at the top of my lungs several times. I wasn't tired, but I don't know. I guess I fell asleep on the rock I was sitting on. It's really weird, but I'm willing to chalk it up to my own stupidity. I won't be that person who immediately blames some supernatural force. I may not remember actually falling asleep, but I did. I woke up on the rock in the dark just the sound of my grandfather screaming at me and his snowmobile running nearby. At home, he said, screamed, that the dog had gotten upset a while before, and I was screaming pretty loud for glitter sprinkles, so I guess the <laughs> dog heard me, and that around dinner time, my parents called to ask if I was at their house. <laughs> so he went out to look for me in the woods because he was worried that I'd gotten hurt, etc., etc. Anyways, he quite literally threw me onto the snowmobile and took me back um, to his and my grandmother's house. At home, he yelled at me some more and then told me to go get some rest in the spare bedroom. It was cold out there, and having fallen asleep for hours, I was freezing and felt like actual death. Fingers were still numb, even as I went to bed. 
Woke up a little while ago, around four, took a very warm bath, raided the pantry for snacks, and am now hiding in the spare bedroom again because my grandparents luckily haven't tried to talk to me yet. <laughs> they might not even know I'm awake, so I'm postponing the lecture uh, I'm getting once they know I'm feeling much <laughs> more alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel very bad for worrying them and my parents, but I did say I'd die to prove my point in a, a comment posted as I was heading out. Wish me luck because I'm sure that I've made my family very, very, very angry with this one. Someone asked what happened in the comments while she was waiting. And a response, which, as of this recording, is the most recent one on the thread I could see just in terms of general um, Mm -hmm. stuff, uh, is as follows. I need to go because my grandparents called for me to get to the dining room like five minutes ago, lol. So she was just like sitting (laughs) there with her phone, like updating on Reddit and waiting Mm -hmm. to be chewed out about what she had Mm -hmm. done. Uh, So there you have it. An awesome spooky tale that still hasn't stopped unfolding. That's fun. I did comment on the thread myself um, and <laughs> was hoping to be on the front lines receiving any other updates. Uh-huh. Um, I also said, quote, as a scientist and a curious idiot, a.k.a. a scientist, I, <laughs> I would have for sure done the exact same thing at 18. and would very certainly do the same thing right the heck now, 11 years later. Um, so yesterday, last night, I got this reply. Hello, fellow curious idiot. Not much has happened since the last update, so there really isn't much to share. My family is back to acting like nothing happened. My father is still making fun of me for it. He doesn't seem to take this quite as seriously as my mom and grandparents do. Anyways, I'll definitely keep everyone posted. Um, so yeah, very cool hmm. in-progress story from Hermes North, president mm-hmm. and CEO of Super Duper Stitches Junior Fortean Enterprises, Inc. <laughs> and CEO. My goodness. Um, yeah, I would really want to know what your folks know if they know anything. Yeah, so the, again, the most recent update, I when I was writing this before, I was like, oh, this is the last post, but then I, I forgot to change that part when... She commented or responded to my post last night. And uh, then after that, I was like, hey, can I talk about this on my podcast? (laughs) Yeah, sure, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) That's Um, cool. And that was this morning. Um, So if she has any further updates, I'll, I'll of course, bring it up on the show again in future episodes. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I like this uh, open story. Yeah, it's it's pretty that's happening so, like, right now. And I'm, I'm just so curious. Like, I'm trying to think of any kind of animal in the Northeast area that could seem like. A bipedal, weird, tall, gray thing that could be chasing her. Well, the fact that she found her own tracks but not any others suggests to me that it could have been just some sort of... Uh, Total imagination psych-out thing. Absolutely. Yes. Entirely. Especially as she only really saw it in a glimpse. And it was something, you know, humanoid, which again is exactly what your mind will project into space. Yeah, we talked about that on the last episode. Exactly. How that works. And the neurobiology behind that. Her dog could have just immediately picked up on her upset state and been freaked out by that more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, just barking as she was running towards the dog because right. it didn't have anything to run out and defend her from. Exactly. Um, when she finally actually looked back to see the thing, she was already running as though being chased. Right. So if you're in your mindset of, I am being chased by something I don't know what... And you turn around, whatever you see is going to be the thing chasing you. Exactly. Even if it's a couple of trees, like, okay, that's that's whatever it is. So that makes sense. I'm still very interested to know what the chains sound was she kept hearing. Like what that's that weird, yeah. What could account for that? Because as far as the feeling of being watched and then that, like, just general atmospheric stuff can get you into a kind of mindset of just being creeped out. Totally. And then, totally. then you'll jump to any kind of conclusions. So I'm really interested to know, like, what could explain the chain sounds that got her to that point and she hasn't heard them again since so it's hard to say what that's about but also the footstep thing was pretty cool too like I, that part's I, creepy i'd be interested to know like what what could account for that too like she was taking steps and was starting to suspect something was trying to match her footsteps and then took a fake step and still heard the snow crunch it's like ugh. well i wonder how much snow was around if it was pretty recent or um yeah older because it you know the sound of snow falling off of a bow totally could sound like a footstep you know any kind of and thing it could totally be a deal where like you happen to be walking in time with the rhythm of melting snow falling down in totally. the afternoon and then if you don't take a step and the snow is still falling anyway you might hear that and then if it sounds like something is speeding up oh a couple of pieces of snow fell down from a tree at the same time especially it sounds like more steps exactly and like you know snow is one of those funny things that kind of crunches when you step down and up out of it mm. And especially if you're starting to get creeped out, you're already in a like creeped mood. Mm-hmm. Every little trigger is going to be something that further sets the frame for, oh, no, I am having something, you know, something strange is occurring. Yeah. Now. And yeah, especially when you set yourself up for 
like the grand test of sanity or whatever. Whatever happens next, if it goes A, then nothing is wrong. And if it goes B, everything is wrong. You know, she kind of set herself up. So it could have been. I feel like I'm being followed. I think something's trying to match my footsteps. Okay, I'm going to take a step. I'm going to stop. And if I still hear a crunch, then something is behind me. When it could be any number of other things. So I don't, you know, I'm not trying to say I disbelieve her. I'm just trying to think of. And I can't imagine being in that particular situation, like feeling, oh my God, I think something's right behind me. All right, I'm going to make this test. And if it sounds like something's behind me, then I don't know what to, because I would want to say, okay, I'm just going to stop and turn around and look. Because what what happens if you see something? Like, what do you do then? No, totally. Yeah. Which I guess, I mean, the same thing she did anyway, which was run away, but. Ugh. Still, no, the, the terror would be there. I'm sure yeah. if I was in her shoes, I would feel the same. Um, I'd also be like, oh, man, running, I hate running. <laughs> <laughs> I um I spent a while thinking, mostly, I didn't think first about what we just talked about, which is the different mm-hmm. ways you could psych yourself into thinking you saw something. Right. I instead tried to imagine what she could have, what could have been chasing her that she would think. I was thinking of, okay, what lives up here that would chase you, but not be trying to get you? So, like, you know, she even said, maybe it was trying to scare me away. So thinking about like, you know, uh, um, a cow moose, if she, if it had, you know, a baby with it, like they sure. get super territorial and want you away immediately. Right. Um, people were asking as far as like the Wendigo description, asking if she saw any kind of like weird antler things on its head, which again, that's <laughs> also kind of a thing that white people have added to the mythos yeah. over time, like just in portrayals and artwork and stuff to try and say, oh, oh what a Wendigo looks like. But this does make you want to quickly tell this recap. Go for if it. If I might. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got time. Um, so this, I was listening to these missing persons, 411 yeah, yeah. stories today that, um, oh, what is the guy's name? Paul Ades, I think is his last name. Paul Atreides. Paul Atreides. Yeah. 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 The, um, he goes like Muad'Dib. Muad'Dib. Yeah. Uh, David Paul Ades. David Paul Ades. So he's, I, I've not really heard of these before today. I just sort of stumbled upon them. Um, but I guess he is a former detective who had been called in by National Park Service or something like this to try to, you know, basically run stats or do some sort of overview on missing persons cases that mm. pop up almost annually. In state parks and stuff? Yes, exactly. Because um, I think every, every year, yeah, or national parks, um every year people go missing and these are just open cases in many Hmm. cases (laughs) um but you know what i'm saying so anyway he's and it sort of became his thing and one of the stories he told on this sort of mm, promotional i guess segment for a book that he's written that contain all these tales this is like a radio interview yeah Yeah. he the the audio sounds like he's either calling in or speaking through a kind of mm, gramophone gramophone exactly (laughs) And um, one of the stories... Uh, He's playing like a wax cylinder recording of him speaking. <laughs> um, that's what it sounds like. And so anyway, he talks about this one case. These two guys go hunting. And at some point, I won't tell the whole story, but it's extremely creepy. At one point, this one of the two goes like, you know, I'm going to go get some water. I'll be back. Mm-hmm. And the stream or whatever water source was not that far away maybe two or three hundred feet, feet or meters sorry. right from is it two or three feet <laughs> two or three feet yeah, sorry. <laughs> just lean out the tent <laughs> where'd he go um but he just never comes back right wow. and they get this whole search party going they can't find him anywhere around the other guy's totally freaked out hmm. and then i think something like a week or two later hikers 15 miles away wow by the Salmon River. I forget where this is exactly. Somewhere in North America. They found him face down in planking. water. Planking in water. <laughs> which I think they call floating. <laughs> his feet had been worn down. The soles of his feet. He had no wow. shoes on. They had been worn down almost to the bone, they said. Jesus. And it creeped me out because it had so many elements of the wendigo story for me mm. which oh, is running yeah a person goes sort of mad and gets carried off into the woods and they scream about their feet being on fire and they can't yeah. stop and they have to keep going and yeah. they have to find a way to cool down and like they get usually carried away by this thing into the woods mm. it's one version of the tale at least yeah, Other, in it, others you get possessed by it and you become kind of cannibalistic or whatever yeah a couple different iterations but, but yeah, that um, was one of the ones that you told back along right and it, it, that one creeped me out when i was a kid and just hearing the sort of like you know, you hear sort of 
chapter one and then chapter five of whatever happened to this guy and everything in between i'm like oh my what god is, what went it's on? got the vibe of it i mean who knows i don't yeah. know what really happened of course and i yeah. would if i'm being perfectly honest i would doubt that the wendigo is an actual thing <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but um, that's, that's the science part of this podcast like, oh, yeah, we have to ground it sorry again. <laughs> but it's always um, that kind of temptation of like oh it sounds so much like the horror story but all the hearing. elements are there and i was yeah. like oh it's that's so cool. fucking creepy that's very cool I'll post a link to that whole audio thing. You sent it to me today. I haven't listened yet, but sure, we'll, it's fun. We can, yeah, we'll put yeah. It up. It sounds pretty cool. And I will, yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep us all updated on what happens with Hermes North and awesome. her ongoing saga with what whatever's going on in upstate New York. Very cool. Hopefully, uh, we get to the. Yeah, I was again trying to picture. I was thinking like a a, a cow moose being a thing. I was like, you you'd be able to tell it's four legged. And also, you can't outrun a moose. They're so They're, lanky. Yeah, right. And uh, and it would it would be pretty clearly brown and not gray i exactly. mean unless it was like a ghost moose which at this <laughs> point i mean which is so for listeners who aren't familiar with the biology of uh boreal species and megafauna a ghost moose is uh, the name applied to moose which have been ravaged by the winter tick and uh the result is that they get really pale lose a lot of their fur just scratching it out trying to this is a whole separate thing we've talked about before too i think i interviewed a whole lab studying them but moose get fucked up by ticks they lose all their blood, like tens of thousands of ticks on any given moose. And so when... Enough ticks that it would literally kill a person. Yes. Like, I actually calculated. I, was interested in, I looked at how much a given winter tick can drain in a day and that number of ticks. We have about, like on average, an adult human has five liters of blood. I think it would take less than a week to be totally drained of blood by these ticks. <sighs> that many. Oh my God. So when you have like a calf that gets um, hit with these winter ticks... Um, they yeah, they just lose all their blood and die. So what it's, a way to it's go. bad, and it's a climate change oh. problem. Like the the ticks are having more and more time to grow in the fall and stuff, and like their larvae. So it, it's it's bad. Right, but that's a different story. Right, it could explain a gray looking moose, but it wouldn't uh, explain <laughs> chain noises. Everything. Or... Else. I was, then I was thinking, what if like a, is a feral draft animal like running through like, yeah, right. the woods? Like as far as still having some kind of harness on it that would have chains. So there's a lot that isn't totally answered by any of this, but the most, the most parsimonious answer seems to be the idea of psyching out, to just a general feeling of creepiness. Right. And the part that makes it most intriguing is okay, why then aren't the grandparents saying that anything? That really is the hook for me. What too. are they trying to hide? It seems like if something. anything, yeah, yeah. So it's like so we'll hopefully find out more about that as she presses them further. Exactly. It's it would be one thing if they were like, oh, tell us more. Or anything, or but even to, just saying, "Hey, to, stay out of the woods. That's dangerous." Like just kind of dismissing it as like, "Hey, don't do that." But to automatically just but, be like, "Forget what you saw." Yeah, just don't think about it. I'd be like, some people are uh, trying to chime in, in the comments saying, "Oh, well, you know, in some of the mythology of skinwalkers, if you think about them, it can draw them nearer." Huh. It's like, well, first of all, that's a whole different part of the continent. Where, like, as far as where those mythologies are. Second of all, anything you think you know about skinwalkers, you don't know about skinwalkers unless you are yourself. Navajo, you don't know. <laughs> right. That's part of the whole deal. We don't know anything about what skinwalkers are. So, yeah. That's what I got for Creepy Wood Stories this week. I can dig it very much. I also want to say, as far as it being some kind of Sasquatch thing, from all <laughs> that I've seen and read from people who really <laughs> buy that stuff, myself not included, they aren't that like bold. They're not going to be like, yo, what's up? It's me. They'll be like 40 feet off the trail being like, Boo! Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, they won't chase you all the way to On your, your yard. heels. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wyatt, by the way, was wearing a Sasquatch sweater that Lindsay and I got him for Christmas last year, and wearing a Sasquatch socks. He was ready for today in a very big way. And I'm yes. here to say, Sasquatch isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, <laughs> I don't know for sure. No. Anyway, I think we've rambled fake. on long enough. Yes. I think, uh, yeah, we'd like to thank you again for listening. Thank y'all. Speaking uh, speaking of Sasquatch stuff, it did remind me of the upcoming, apparently much sooner than I thought, uh, fourth annual International Cryptozoology Conference, which is going to be in April oh, instead of right. in September. Let's go. So we should go. And that means, assuming they're still making their trip to Loch Ness in <laughs> June, which I thought they were, right. there's still time to donate to our GoFundMe for this. Uh, exactly. We have $12,000 in a few more months. We can do this. You can send the two of us to Loch Ness for the luxury barge cruise <laughs> that will apparently be scientific. Yes. Yes. It's a highly scientific luxury cruise 
on a barge <laughs> in Scotland <laughs> to find Nassai. Nassai. Uh, the original Loch Ness Monster. Forget all the ones that followed after. <laughs> so you can send us there. So far, your donations have been so helpful. We appreciate your help. Uh, we have raised zero dollars in the last five months. So we're almost we're there. We're very, very much on our way. We're basically 99% of the way to 1% of the way there. Exactly. So keep you it know. up. Thank you. Exactly. And otherwise, I think that's it for this week. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you guys for trying. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye.